If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 37. <clears throat> Excuse my cold. Psalm 37. We're really just going to look at one verse specifically from this, which is this. Psalms 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. In a couple weeks, you're going to be sitting at your house, and you get a knock at the door, or somebody's going to ring your doorbell, you're going to open it up, and there'll be some strange creatures in front of you. There's all these little kids, all dressed up, and they're going to ask you trick or treat, and they're going to want something. They're going to have little bags full, or hoping for their bags to be full. Remember trick or treat? It is a, they, you get stuff. Remember back in the when in the 80s, I think, there was a big scare all the time about putting needles in the candy and all kinds of stuff. You have to test it and examine it. But we wanted our bags full, ultimately, right? That's all we wanted. We just wanted our bags full of candy. And sometimes when we read Psalm 37, 4, I think we are tempted to say, is this a trick or is this a treat? Can we really enjoy God? Is this really possible? Is this just kind of a trick? Or is it really the treat that it says it is? And the truth is, we all have a bag. We all have a bag we are trying to carry. We all want full. And your bag is either full of treats or it's full of tricks. And the gauge for you to know the difference is to find out what you delight in. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of of your heart. If I didn't tell you to look up Psalms 34, you might have, I just quoted the verse, you might have thought Psalms, that verse was from the Proverbs. It sounds like a proverb. It sounds like a little passage from Proverbs because Psalms 37, excuse me, Psalms 37 is a wisdom psalm. All these little verses, it sounds so much like the Proverbs because David wrote this as all this is wisdom. If you want to know how God's world works, and you want to live in it correctly and have what you want, a full bag. And you have to follow Psalms 37. So David wrote this as a wisdom song. So he asks us, we're just going to look at eight questions from this passage, which is, first of all, why delight in the Lord? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Why should we do that? We should do it because it's our duty. to do it. God desires that we are happy. And he wants us to seek out our happiness. It's a command. This verse is an imperative sentence. God says, delight yourself in the Lord. It's not a suggestion. He wants you to pursue your happiness. He wants you to pursue it. He wants you to be about delighting. And listen, we are in a country that for the last four decades, the happiness level constantly drops down. You ask people, are you happy? More and more people are saying, no, we're not happy. But God says, delight yourself in the Lord. He wants you to pursue happiness and to go after it. He's commanding you to do it. What kind of a God is that? That's awesome. That God would say, I want you to be happy. He wants you to seek your happiness. Everything we read about is gloom and doom on the news Things aren't getting bad, but in God's established plan for us and for you, he said, I want you to delight yourself. I want you to seek your happiness. It's a sin if you don't seek your happiness. Because this is a command for you. We delight in the Lord because it's our duty to delight. It's our duty to become happy and delightful 
and joy in God. But what is delight? It's really kind of hard to define, isn't it? You, kinda, you, you, you know what the word is, and we kind of know when we experience it, but it's a very difficult thing to put into words. If you're a thrill seeker, and you go to Great America, and you get on the Raging Bull, and you haven't been on there in a while, you know the delight is just when you get to the top and you're in the front of the car and you're just about ready to go down and then it happens. And you're just, ah! And it's a moment of delight. You can't, you can't express that. How is it? What did that feel like? You can't say what it felt like, but you know what it was. It was delight. Or if you're a little child and you've seen a little child get the perfect gift and they have videos of this and they just, they wanted something so bad and they get it and then they're just, they're just shaking so excited they can hardly take it. They make commercials about this stuff. You can't ask that child, what were you feeling right there when you shook like that? But what he was experiencing was sheer delight. Or maybe you're a college individual and you've been studying your brains out for this test or this paper. And you finally got it done. And there's that moment of, oh, there's delight. You can't express exactly how that feels, but you know what it is. It is unbelievable Delight where you win the game at the last second or your team wins the game at the last second. The whole crowd jumps into the gymnasium. They're jumping up and down. You can't express exactly what that is, but you know what it is. It's delight. And God says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I asked Jared and Aaron, I said last night, what, what do you, what's delight? I want to see if they got it. And Jared's instant response was, it's when you say yes, 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 yes. That's delight. And God says, commands you and commands us to delight ourselves in the Lord. He wants us to do that. But what stops delight in our lives? Why don't we always have that experience? Or why isn't that's the way we were meant to be? We were meant to experience that continually. That's the way it was originally supposed to be. We were not supposed to have to be commanded to delight ourselves. The reason God tells us to delight ourselves in the Lord is because we don't do it. But that's not the way it was supposed to be. We were always supposed to be delighting ourselves in the Lord. So what stops delight in our life? If you're outside of Christ, the thing that stops delight, if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, the thing that's stopping delight in your life, the Bible says, is sin. Where you said, I don't want to believe that your way is right. I'm not going to accept your wisdom, God. I'm going to go my way. And this is where we all started out. We said, my way is better. I'm going to delight myself my way. And God says, that's sin, that's rebellion. And when you go down that way, you will not be able to delight yourself. Because what is it? What is the deepest desire of all our hearts? It may be named in different things. It may be said differently for everybody in here. But ultimately, the deepest desire of all our hearts is peace. We all want peace. We want to be people, a person that just says we can do what we're called to do, be what we're meant to be, and be at peace with that. That's what the world is constantly struggling against is peace. And there is no peace. Because it is sin, the Bible says, that's stopping it. Look at Romans 1 says, excuse me, Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 2 says, Through him we have also obtained access 
by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. If you are outside of Jesus Christ, if you're trying to still figure out life your way, and you really aren't delighting in God, the thing that's stopping you from having the peace in your life that you want is sin, your rebellion against God. Because God said he gives us peace. That's what we are longing deeply for. But what about those who are in Christ? How come we're not always experiencing this delight? Why does God still tell us that we have to delight in God? Why does he command us still to delight in God? Because there is sometimes, even in people who follow Jesus Christ, who are Christ followers, we have this suspicion of God. Is he really? This is just, this isn't real. He's going to trick us. If I go all in, if I really believe this, if I follow God's way and his wisdom, I'm going to get burnt. So we're very suspicious sometimes about God, or we are settling for seconds. Sometimes we do not want to believe that we can just follow God's way, follow what he says, and it will bring us the delight that we desire. We're very suspicious of that, or we decide, you know what, I don't want that, so I'm going to settle for seconds. I'm just going to be lazy in my delight for God. And some people, they, they, they say they love God. They say that they're followers of Jesus. They say, maybe this is you. you. You want to know God. You want to have that kind of delight in your life. But you are constantly suspicious of God, about God. You're like a dog who's got a little stuffed animal. There's a, there's a jingler inside. And so every once in a while, you'll go after it. And you'll start shaking it and shaking it and shaking it. And then you can't get it out. And so you'll put it down and you'll say, oh, I tried God. I didn't get the, the jingle. I didn't get the delight. So I'm going to go back and later shake it some more. I tried, God, but I didn't get the jingle. Or you'll say, you know what, it's just too much. I'm not really going to delight in God. I'm just going to settle for seconds. I'm not even going to try. And I'll just delight myself in things that aren't totally satisfying. I'll let them fill me up for a while. But they're not totally satisfying, but I'll just keep going back to them. That's settling for seconds. And C.S. Lewis, in a great and famous quote, said this, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. And what happens is instead of delighting ourselves in the Lord, we will find other things that God has made, other parts of his creation, and say, I'm going to delight myself in that person more than God. And then when that doesn't work out, we've lost our peace. Or I'm going to delight in this product that God has made. And when that doesn't sustain us, we find out that we are in unbelievable trouble without delight. God says, delight yourself in the Lord. And what stops our delight is sin. It's our, our suspicions against God, our settling for seconds and really going after what God has said is available to us. What's then the source of our delight? Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in 
God. That's what he's saying. If you want peace, if you want the ultimate satisfaction that God has designed for you, then delight yourself in God, in God's existence. The fact that God exists for us should delight us if you're a follower of God. The fact that you can watch television and hear the news of what's going on in this broken world and know that there is a God that is sovereignly and ultimately in control of this should delight us. And you have to delight in that. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight in God's existence. Delight in God's characteristics. He's unchanging. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. There's never been a circumstance that he has not already dealt with. Just think about all God's dealings with in the past. You say, we are stuck in this situation. We are stuck financially. We are slaves right now to finances. I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of this. I can't enjoy God. I am stuck. Well, delight in God because God took a whole nation of people out of Egypt and delivered them from slavery. You say, well, my family's a complete mess, and I don't know how it's ever going to get fixed. God took a complete messed up family with two brothers, Jacob and Esau, and take that situation, and from them, Jesus came. He's dealt with messed up families before. You say, my marriage is a disaster. God's dealt with all of those. You have not one situation. You say, well, I've got all kinds of trauma and difficulties in my life. God spent his time in Job's life in the past dealing with somebody who's been through it far worse than us. In delight in God's existence, delight in his characteristics. Think of any situation that you're going through, any situation that you are maybe going through, and God has already dealt with it. He's already experienced it, and he's already brought people through it. We can delight in that. That's who the God we serve is. That's who's for us. And then delight in his person. This is the God of the universe who created. He spoke the world into existence by his words. And then he said, my creation went a different way. But I'm going to love them anyway. I'm going to send my son. And he came himself in the form of Jesus Christ, lived the life we could not live, and died the brutal death of the cross for us. And then on top of that, he gave us himself in the form of the Holy Spirit to help lead us into delight. What's the source of our delight? It's God. It is delighting in God. It's wanting more of God than anything else. It's God that you want. When the Bible says delight yourself in the Lord, what's the ultimate thing that we can delight in? It's God. It's wanting more of God. In the midst of everything, it's wanting more than God and it's possible. He says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll give you more of Him. That's what you want. That's what we want. That's what we need. And he says, desire me. Delight in me. And I'll give you all of me. What does your delights reveal? It reveals your desires. Our delights reveal our desires. Some people say, you know what? I'm just not into God at all. They're not interested at all in anything God has to say. They could care less about Jesus Christ. They don't want to know anything about them. And that desire of not wanting to know Jesus reveals to them what their delight is. They don't have peace. 
in the midst of what they're going through. And there are some people who are just delighting in their religion. And they still think it's about them and about what they're doing. So they'll take Jesus and they'll take everything else and they're just going to add it along with them. And ultimately, what they're trusting in is not Jesus, but they're trusting in their good works or their good feelings towards God. And they're really delighting still in themselves. And they're not at peace. And there's people that come to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday who think they're delighting in God, but ultimately they're really just delighting in themselves because they show up and they talk the talk, but really your heart is far away from God. You don't want to take God for what he says and who he is and follow his ways. And if you don't do that, if you're not doing that, you can sit in church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and not be at peace, and not be at delight. Because God says it's not irreligion where you'll find your satisfaction, and it's not in religion where you'll find your satisfaction. But it is in the gospel, what Jesus Christ did for us that brings us peace. Jesus is not just a good example for us. I think sometimes we have pressed this idea that Jesus is our example more than the reality is Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our everything. That's what we have to delight in. Is ultimately, it has nothing to do with us. Is that we were lost without any hope for any peace whatsoever. God says, I will come. I'll stand in the way. I'll take your sin, your guilt, your rebellion. I'll take it all. You don't have to do anything. I'll do it for you. That's what we need to delight in. We need to, in our desires, your delights reveal your desires. And if you're not delighting in God more than anything else, you're not going to find the delight and the peace that you're looking for. But what does your delighting in the Lord reveal? When you are delighting in God, it reveals unbelievable grace. Because we can't do this on our own. This is God's work in you. If you're sitting here and in your heart you have a delight for God, you desire God, you want to know God, you want to be more in an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, that's the desire of your heart. If that's your desire, if that's your de- delight, you did nothing to do that. That's because God's grace was on you. He woke you up in your sin. And he said, he showed that and revealed that to you. That was God's grace on you. So if you are delighting in the Lord, that's because God's grace has been given to you. It was set and started by the Father. It was accomplished by Jesus Christ, His Son, and it's constantly being revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have that, if you don't have in you this desire to delight in God, and you're struggling with that, and you say, I'm a believer, you need to pray, because delight is a feeling. There's a sense of knowing and delighting in God, enjoying God, that is not just a bunch of head knowledge, but it is a heart knowledge that produces feelings. We are feelings people, aren't we? We love the rides at Great America because it produces a feeling. We love the gifts that makes us shake because it produces a feeling. We love Winning the game at the last second because that produces a feeling. All of those feelings were meant for you to take them and delight in God and pursue that kind of joy in God. If you're not doing that, 
and your relationship with God does not have any sense of that, you need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you. Ask Him to give you that kind of delight because that's what God's talking about. When He commands you, He commands me to delight ourselves in the Lord. That's what He's saying. For Go for it. Do this in such a way that you feel it and experience it deeply. You say, well, that's all really good. But what about when it's hard to delight in God? It says, delight yourself in the Lord. He doesn't ever say there's an exception of time in your life. He says, this is what we are constantly supposed to be doing. And there's two times when it's very difficult to delight in God. The first one is when there is prosperity. You say, well, that'd be a great time. What do you mean it'd be difficult for me to delight in God when I'm getting the things that I want? That's the problem. If you are in a a period of prosperity, which is what happened before 2008 and 2009 in this area and America when the boom of the economy was going great and everybody was dumping money to everything and they had what they wanted, there was a great dis... There was a great lack of delighting in God. And so when everything crashed, people's lives just went tumbling down. Where is God? Because sometimes in the midst of prosperity, it's difficult to delight in God because you're enjoying the gifts more than the giver. And God says, that's not what I want you to do. I want you to delight in me, not in my gifts, not the things that I'm giving you. I want you to delight in me, delight in me. The other time it's really difficult to delight in God is in the midst of pain. So how can I delight in God when I'm not even feeling it at all? Well, the gospel says this, is if God loved me enough to send his son to die for me, then he must be guided by that same love when he allows me to go through this trial and pain. And so we can delight in God because we know that in the midst of this unbelievable difficult time, God's not abandoned me. He's still with me. And through this, if he would send his son to die for me on the cross, if he would do that for me then and he loves me then, then what he's putting me through now is for my delight in him so that I will be more excited, more in love with him, and more compelled to know him more than anything else. That's what God's using in your pain. So that's very hard. Charles, Charles Spurgeon, who was a great pastor in the 18 hundreds was preaching one time to just thousands of people in london i mean i think there's like ten thousand people there and somebody thought it would be really funny to yell fire in the auditorium and everybody just went running out in panic and seven people died in that service and for the rest of charles spurgeon's life he was just battled and devastated by that And he fought, and he fought with depression. For the rest of his life, he would struggle with that because he just couldn't, at times, grasp it. How could that happen? But Charles Spurgeon continued to delight in God, even in the midst of his pain. He said this, I am the subject of depression of spirit, so fearful that I hope none of you ever get to such extremes of wretchedness as I go to. But I always get back and again to this. I know I trust Christ. I have no reliance but in Him. 
And if he fails, I shall fail with him. But if he does not, I shall not. Because he lives, I shall live also. And I spring to my legs again and fight with my depressions of spirit and my downward castings and get the victory through it. And so may you. And so you must. For there is no other way of escaping it. In your most depressed seasons, you are to get joy and peace through believing. Stick to this, dear friends. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. If you're delighting in God, it doesn't mean everything is just going to be fun. It actually means many times it will be difficult because God is wanting you to be able to enjoy and delight in him more. But he says, delight yourself more and more in him. What are are the signs? How do you know if you're delighting and enjoying God and starting to go after him? I think if you're delighting in God and you want to head in that direction, there will be a course of holiness in your life. Your life will demonstrate a desire for God. There will be spiritual disciplines in your life that you are following. So when you read the Bible, you're going to read it, and you're saying, well, that's what God wants for me? Well, then that's what I'm going to do. If you read the Bible and say, well, I love God, but I don't really like what he says, so I'm just not going to do it, you're not delighting in God. That's a clear sign that you're really not delighting in God. But if you are wanting to delight in God... You're going to read the Bible, you're going to pray, and you're going to look at it, and you're going to say, okay, this is an area I need to change, and I want to know God, so I'm going to change it. There will be a course of holiness in your life. So you can't be a 20-something dating unsaved people, doing whatever you want, and saying, I delight in God. No, you can't. You're not delighting in God. You can't be a 30 or 40 year old and stealing from work and thinking nobody's going to know and say, I'm delighting in God. No, you can't. You can't be a 50, 60, 70 year old and angry or bitter or frustrated and say, I'm delighting in God and not care about those things. You can't. Because delighting in God says, I'm going to see what God says. I'm going to follow his way. There will be a course of holiness that you're trying to follow. And they will have your ups and your downs, but you'll repent and you'll get back up. But you're going to read the Bible and you're going to say, yes, yes, that's what I want. Yes, that's what I want. If you're not doing that, if you can read the Bible and say, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't like what God says about that. You're not delighting in God. There will be confession of sin in your life if you're delighting in God. Because confession of sin means that you can have peace. If you sinned against God or you sinned against somebody else, the ultimate thing you want is to have that thing taken care of. You want Peace. So if you are passionately trying to desire God, you will be a person that confesses sins. One of the ways that we will know the gospel is becoming more and more true in our church is if more and more people are confessing their sins to each other. Because then we'll know that, you know what? Hey, we do want God's delight. We do want God's desires. We do want what God wants. So I want peace. So I, I offended you. I'm sorry. Or I'm struggling with this sin. I need some help with it. That's how you know you're delighting in God. There'll be some confession of sin in your life. You will want to be with others if you're delighting in God. You will see the community of faith as a good thing. Because you'll know that I can't know all of Jesus by myself. And so because I want to delight in God and know as much of Jesus as I can, as much of God as I can, I'm going to be with people who know God and who know Jesus. So I, the community of faith is going to be very important to you if you're delighting in God. 
If you can stay home or stay away and take it or leave it and say, yeah, I'm just too busy. I got other things going on. You're not delighting in God. You're delighting in the gifts of God. If you're hanging out with all the other things, you're settling for seconds. If you have a delight for God, you're going to say the community of faith is important because I need Jesus. And the way I find Jesus is seeing how he's working in other people's lives. And I need that. And I need them to see it in my life. Another sign that you are delighting in the Lord is you're going to have a confidence in God's gospel care. You're going to have a confidence in the gospel. It says in verse 23, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. There is a sense of delighting in God that always comes with risk. There's a risk to delighting in God. There's a risk to stepping out and saying, I'm going to go all out for God. And a person who is ultimately wanting to delight in God is going to have this confidence that when I step out and risk it, when I risk confessing my sin to somebody, or when I risk trying to deal with this addiction or the struggle in my life, or when I risk getting involved again with people, when I risk that, I can trust that even if I fall in the process, God is still with me. There is a confidence, a settled peace, that even though everything else outside is chaos, deep down, the person who is delighting in God will have this confidence in gospel care. That if God, I don't deserve to be able to delight in you because I rebelled. But you woke me up to this. And so it's hard right now. But if you died for me, you're going to get me through this. So I'm going to delight in you. I'm going to fight for the delight in you. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to fight for joy. I'm going to do everything I can to make myself happy. And what I'm going to be happy in is you. I don't want to settle for second best. What's in your bag? Is your bag filled with just tricks? Where you open it up and it really isn't satisfying? You've stuffed it with God's gifts instead of God himself? Or when you open up your bag, is it God? Is that what you're delighting in? Are you delighting in God, doing everything you can to put yourself in a situation that you can know, enjoy, love, seek, and find God. That's what we are commanded to do. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart, and the desire of a Christian's heart is God. If God's not the desire of your heart, you've you're delighting in seconds. What's in your bag? Let's pray. That's just to bow your heads and close your eyes for a second. Just ask yourself, what is your desires? What is your delights? What's the course of your life? How do you see God's word? Is there repentance? Is there confession? And if not, today. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you be able to delight in God. Maybe this morning there's a need, or you need to pray with somebody. You need some help and encouragement. The prayer team is down here. Let's stand for your word.
Lord, forgive us that we don't delight in you, but thank you for the opportunity, because of Jesus Christ, that we can to delight in you, to, to know you more than we can possibly know, to enjoy you more than we can possibly imagine. So God, I pray to you, help us as individuals and as a church to make this our desire and our delight, that you will do what we enjoy most of all. We put ourselves in positions and in places and with people that will help us to know you more. Give us your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it Mount of thy redeeming My Ebenezer Here by thy great help I've come And I hope by thy good pleasure Safely to arrive at home Jesus sought me when a stranger Wandering from the fold of God He to rest from danger interposed his precious precious blood oh that day when freed from sinning I shall see thy lovely face clothed then in blood washed linen How I'll sing thy sovereign grace Come my Lord, no longer tarry Take my ransom soul away Send thine angels now to carry Me to realms of endless day To grace, how great a debtor Daily I am constrained to be Let thy goodness, like a fetter Bind my wandering heart to thee Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it Prone to leave the God I love Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above.
towards above.